should go for goal. We deflected Hayward here. Could be a lovely goal for Villa. Johnson, it is! Back Elsie Johnson. It could be nine. Open the body. It's in the net! Superb goal from Melissa Johnson. Well, steps up and finds the corner! She gets the goal! They arrived as Aztecs, an Aston Villa women podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Hello and welcome or welcome back to They Arrived as Aztecs, the Aston Villa women podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. I'm Regan and I'm joined today by Mark. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Mark Jarebi here ready to talk about all the stuff we missed from the Aston Villa women and all the stuff that's going on today. I'm really, really excited about it, Regan. It's good to be back. Yeah, I mean, we've missed a couple of weeks uh, just because of time schedules and the, the way that uh, some of the games are falling uh, for the women. Um, I can't remember the last game we covered, but we, we'll cover a couple of games that we may have missed. Um so the Villa women dropped points in their Continental Cup game against uh, Coventry United ladies, um, despite you know quick starts in both halves. Um, it was a bit of a weird one with Coventry. Um, they had, uh, I think the game finished 1-all, 2-all, um, and then it went to penalties. And for a group stage in a cup competition... That that's quite odd, um, but in the Continental Cup, teams play each other in the group stage, with each game being played to a conclusion. Um, if the the result of the game is after ninety minutes a draw, um, and then the shootout takes place, and uh, the points are then distributed with teams receiving three points. Um, if obviously they win the game within ninety minutes, receiving two points if they win the penalty shootout and receiving one point if they lose the penalty shootout. So they still came away with it with a point, but that now means that they need a win and all the results to go their way to move forward in the Conti Cup. Yeah, I didn't know that was actually the rule. I mean, like I've said on previous podcasts now, like I'm kind of learning about the Conti Cup rules and some of the registration stuff and all, all that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, Coventry's a good side. It, it was a shame that they couldn't, you know, get a, get a win on the day. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just learning different rules to me. But I'm sure that with this team that Gemma Davies has assembled, that they're going to be looking for that to be able to progress in this competition. So I think that the next time they actually play in the Conti Cup, I think that you're going to see a little bit of, of a fire on the back. And I think these ladies are going to go and do the best they can to make sure they progress absolutely um, moving towards a league game uh, Aston Villa faced Lose FC um, a couple of days later I think it was four days later and it was just a single goal that separated the two sides um, and that came from Nadine Hansen who scored her third goal of the season in the 50th minute um, and Sorry, 55th minute. And, you know, she headed in before wheeling away in absolute jubilation. And she kept our unbeaten um, our unbeaten streak going. You know, it's great to see Nadine doing well. Uh, she's personally a player that I expected to get a little bit less game time this season. So the fact that she's still heavily involved and still involved in, in, in getting us points is, you know, amazing stuff. 
Yeah, Nadine, she's proven her worth, and I, I think that's what this kind of squad's about with some of the new acquisitions that came in. I think that whenever you do get a chance or you do get a look, you need to you know grab hold of that chance with both hands and not let it go. So in the case of Hanson, I think that's exactly what you're seeing. I, I think that she's the kind of player that uh, once it once it's almost like the snowball effect. Once it starts rolling downhill, it's just going to pick up momentum and pick up momentum. And I think that's something that not only benefits Aston Villa, it does not it doesn't only benefit her head coach, but it also benefits her as a person. You know, everybody wants to succeed especially when you're playing at this level you know for the Aston Villa women you're going to want to you know get better as, th- as time goes on so I think with Nadine I think that that's something that's definitely in the back of her mind and every time that she gets game time now we're starting to see really promising performances absolutely yeah I have to agree with that um so more recently uh today in fact um Villa played again in the Women's Championship against the London Bees, who are relative in relative good form. Uh, obviously not as good as Villa, who came into this game unbeaten. Uh, but the Bees are in in exceptional form. Um, Villa started the game with Rodgers in goal. Uh, Jodie Hutton at right back after injuries to Ella Franklin and Charlotte Greengrass. Um, Natalie Haig and Alicia Ndow at centre-back. Azmita Arle at left-back. A midfield of uh, Marissa Uwers, Nadine Hansen, Amy West, Emma Follis, and Emily Soim, and then uh, Sophie Haywood was was up front. Um, and this game, you know, it, it was all Villa really. Um, the opening twenty twenty five minutes were just all Villa. Uh, absolute dominant in possession. Um, a couple of chances from Haywood. Um, there was a long range effort from Emma Follis until Amy West uh, slotted the ball in at the back post from a corner to put Villa one nil up. Yeah, it seemed like it was a very dominating performance from from Villa in this contest. And again, London Bees aren't a team to be just looked at like it's just another game or anything like that. I, I think with Fallis especially, I think that she was kind of running the show a little bit there on the right-hand side of the pitch. But the same thing, Emily Sine was doing well. Uh, she had a little bit of an injury problem in the 12th minute, but she seemed to gather herself up well. And then by the time the 19th minute came through, there, there was an opportunity to for uh, Villa to actually go up, uh, go up in the game. It, it didn't materialize or anything like that, but I think the opening 22 to uh, when did Westy score the 26 minute so I think that with with uh, Amy West scoring in the 26 I think it just kind of set the mood for the rest of the game and I, I think that that's what you need it's kind of by committee now it's it's not just like one player like we, we saw the Melissa Johnson form that she had in the beginning of the season but I think that just spurred the girls on spurred the girls on to be able to want to like push forward and as a collective team that it can be anybody at any moment in time and I think that's what Amy West is showing right now for the Aston Villa women yeah, I mean, I think I think Melissa Johnson has has gone slightly off the boil a bit, but that's got to be expected, you know. She scored so many goals in such a short period of time. I think she scored three hat tricks uh, in four or five games. So you know, you, you can't expect someone to keep that kind of goal scoring form up. No, I mean, you, you really think about how impressive that is and how impressive that was, but. 
at the same time, it's a team sport. So whenever you see a player that's in this outrageous form, as a teammate, you're cheering them on. You want them to do better. You want them to maintain that form. As unrealistic as that may be, you still want to push it on. So sometimes, like in the case of Melissa Johnson, they're going to go, as you said, off the boil a little bit. But I I don't think it's as much off the boil as much as it is like their teammates understanding that, hey, there's going to be days where Melissa can't do the things that we've seen her do in other games. So let's, you know, get behind her and let's try to, you know, either craft things ourselves or work as a team a little bit more chemistry, show what we're about, get these balls down the flank, get them back into the middle, whether it's Melissa Johnson there or another striker standing there for the Aston Villa women. So, yeah, it's it's obviously it's unfortunate that Melissa Johnson's not picking up a hat trick every game anymore, but at the same point in time, it enables players like Amy West to have the opportunity to put the team on their back a little bit and to be able to find some success in the league. And despite the fact that, that you know Villa were dominant, uh, throughout the first half, they actually went in at the break, um, drawing uh, just a minute or so before the half-time whistle. They're under bees, caught Villa on the counter from a corner, and uh, Pickett ran th- with the ball from the halfway line to slot the ball past Sean Rogers. And you know that you, you never want to concede on the brink of half-time because that that just means the the opposition team suck all the momentum that you've been building for that whole first half out of you. Yeah, it's a psychological thing there. I mean, conceding a goal before half or even at the end of a, a period or anything in different types of sports, it always gives that team that just scored a little bit of that hope and a little bit of that momentum. And I'm sure that that's, you know, the London Bees went into the you know dressing room at, at the halftime whistle and said, hey, we can we can win this game here. We, we've just proven that we can score a goal. Why can't we go out and get another one? And then on the flip side of that for the Aston Villa women, maybe Gemma Davies wasn't so pleased about the fact of how they conceded a goal, especially uh, as I said, and almost, you know, to the halftime whistle. So I I think that it works both ways. And we always see that kind of thing where, you know, you either know you made a mistake and you step up and you make sure it doesn't happen again, or you score the goal because of a mistake and, and you're, you're on cloud nine and you really think you can get something from the game. Um, when it comes to the Aston Villa women, I think they're very mentally strong. Uh, it's an opinion of mine because of how they've, you know, sometimes they've conceded, you know, early on in games or maybe a team levels it in the latter stages of the game and they always find a way to either win or at least put in a good account of themselves that they're able to get back into a game. So I, I, I even with them conceding a goal, I never really felt like they were in trouble in this game well yeah it's it's something that we've spoke about before that they've kind of lost this um i don't i don't know what to call it it's not like a persona but so it was something that was holding them down you know they they'd go a goal down and and the the effort would sort of drain out of them you know they wouldn't know how to work their way back into a game uh, last season, or at least the start of last season, and then at the start of 2019, things just clicked and things started changing, and you know it's really coming to fruition now. Uh, in the second half of this game, you know there were chances uh, for Emma Follis, there were chances for Nadine Hansen, but you know one was tipped over the bar. Um, the other, Nadine was denied by an excellent tackle. You know it. The, this was a real kind of dominant performance from Villa, but it just didn't seem like they were going to get that second goal. Um, that is until another homegrown talent scored an absolute blinder of a goal. You know, we saw the Jack Grealish one against Manchester United today, and Emma Follis scored one of the most insane long distance free kicks ever. You know, it absolutely wellies it. Um, top corner, I don't even know how far out it is, but it looks like it is an absolute mile away from the net. 
I, I saw the video clip, and as soon as I saw the video clip, I, I couldn't believe it. I, it's from such a distance out. If you get a chance, go to the Aston Villa women Twitter page. There's a video on there of it. Emma Follis is absolutely a genius. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, this is a really, really pretty goal. Um, it just for like you said, it just wellied it from from a ways away. You know, finds the top corner. It's exactly what you know her team and, and her, you know and she needed at this point of the game. Um, yeah, so it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful goal I didn't think that you know I, I didn't think that it would be scored from that kind of a distance so you know all, all the respect and all the props go to Emma Fallis it, it was honestly a hell of a goal and that result puts uh, Villa well it doesn't put them at the top of the table they were already there but it puts them three points clear of Sheffield United who sit in second and these two teams are kind of separating themselves away from the rest of the pack now um, you know Villa have Played nine one eight drawn one, whereas Sheffield United have played nine one seven drawn one lost one, and the game that they've lost is against Aston Villa. So that's really key, you know. The, the Villa are beating the teams that are are going to be the, you know, the the real kind of. Um, I can't think of a word. The real kind of pains in their backside, basically, in terms of game promotion to the Women's Super League. Um, and, you know, as well as this, Villa have scored the second highest amount of goals in the league and have conceded the second lowest amount of goals. They're only we're one of two teams that have conceded under 10 goals in nine games, which is an absolute stellar start. Yeah, you really think about how this team plays and you think about um, just the camaraderie that's going on. And if it does turn into a two-horse race at the top of the table, I really, really do I really favor Aston Villa women to be able to do their do what they need to do to get promoted. I I think that goals can come from anywhere, and I think they're showing that right now. I also think that if it does turn into a two horse race, that's only going to propel them to want to do better. And it may seem crazy to be like, well, how can this team do better, Mark? How how is this team going to you know actually you know keep up this kind of pace towards the end of the season? Listen, it's a long season. We all know that every football season's long. But the fact that the Aston Villa women can score goals from anywhere on the pitch, they have young players that are not only talented but also mentally you know driven to want to play the game the right way under Gemma Davies. I think it's only a positive thing. So if this, if the league does become a two horse race between Sheffield United and Aston Villa I really think that the Aston Villa women have it in their locker to be able to not only put a distance between Sheffield United women but not I don't want to say dominate the table and be able to get you know you know get promoted by you know 9 12 points or anything like that but they're going to make a real go of it and I really really think they're going to be able to be able to get promoted in the event that happens yeah I think you know that they've they've put one step they put themselves sorry one step ahead um but by beating Sheffield United already, you know, that's three points that they've taken away from their biggest rivals this season. So, you know, I, I, I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago about, about them potentially being invincible this season. And, you know, while I think it is possible, I, I do see them losing at some point. But hopefully that's at a point where they're too far away to be caught. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, I don't think they're going to run the rest of the the schedule, and I don't think they're going to you know pick up three points you know from now until the end of the season. I think there's going to be slip ups from everybody in the league. I don't think it's just going to be the Aston Villa women. I think Sheffield, you know, they have a little bit of a, a rough uh, patch of games coming up here in the next few weeks, going into the Christmas period and then after. So I I think that it, they have to capitalize on the on the um, 
positioning they have right now and beating Sheffield United and being able to say that they have three points above them, just be prepared for that to maybe drop a little bit and be prepared for that to, you know, get even a, a, a bigger difference because sometimes like, you know, teams can find themselves complacent with, um, with performances and they just, it, it sounds so, so crazy, but it, it's a real thing. Some teams get complacent with winning. That's a real thing, but that all comes down to the coaching staff at, at Aston Villa and it all comes down to Gemma Damies to keep these girls just planted and rooted into the ground and be like, hey, listen, we have jobs to do, every last one of us, and we do our jobs well, let's just make sure we're keeping that you know, going forward here. Again, it's a long season. There's a lot to be considered. You never know what's going to happen, but I really like the look of the Aston Villa women to get promoted. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've tried scrolling back through some, some previous uh, results, and I can't actually find the last time that Villa lost in the league. Um, you know, they beat London Bees 2-1, they beat Lewes 1-0, they beat Coventry 3-2, drew one all with Durham, beat Charlton 4-0, beat Crystal Palace 6-0, beat Blackburn 2-1, beat London City 3-2, Sheffield United 3-2. Obviously, that's this season, so they've not lost this season. Um, I believe, unless this is wrong, that Villa haven't lost since November 2018 in the league which is no, an absolutely crazy start. No, I think that's absolutely absolutely um accurate. I, I don't I don't, you know, distrust you for a minute on that stat, but it's still the whole thing that like you can get complacent either way. You can get complacent if you lose a couple games, you can get complacent if you're winning all these crazy amounts of games. We know the talent level that's there. Um we know what they're capable of. I I think they're one of the more entertaining women's sides I've ever seen and this is coming from an American who watches a lot of women's soccer over here. We do have our own league. There's a league up in Canada. I have friends of mine that play collegiately for some of the colleges and universities and things like that. So, I have my own things as far as like my love for the women's game but I'm, I'm being completely serious anybody that's listening this team is something special I really really do believe that um, I, I can't give a, a higher opinion of it than that so I, I just think that to get back into the Super League is going to be the aim and it has to be the aim and it's no disrespect to the Conti Cup or anything like that but with the players that you have around players are having professional contracts handed to them well not handed to them they're earning their contract rather so they're earning these contracts they're you know they're getting put on an actual wage and, and they're talented talented players it's just a beautiful thing to see with an Aston Villa and speaking of professional contracts thank you for that segue Mark um, as Mita Arle was awarded her first professional contract at the Aston Villa Women um, last Friday. So two, two, three days ago, it'll probably be a couple more once this podcast actually goes out. Um, and this kind of further highlights, you know, the promise kept by Christian Perslow earlier this year. You know, when Jodie Hutton signed a professional uh, contract, I think I can't, I think it was April, um, Perslow stated that, you know, the club must do everything it can to keep its best players much like the men's side and you know awarding a contract to Arle will do that you know she's been at the club for over a decade she's progressed through the ranks and she's now an integral part of the playing squad and you know at 18 that's that's a no mean feat Oh, she's just such a talent. I I love watching Azmita Ali play the game. I uh, I think I said it on the first time that we recorded. Uh, they came as Aztecs. It's just I just really like the fact that she's responsible on both sides of the ball. Uh, she has an athletic ability to be able to beat somebody. She also has the ability to stop 
And that's a big thing for the fullback in the modern day. A lot of fullbacks want to just run up and down the field in a straight line. She doesn't mind curling that ball inwards and actually, you know, finding the midfield players or even hoofing it up to a striker. But it's not just like a, an average ball. It's always class. I'm very, very proud of Ismita Ali. I'm so glad she was given a professional contract. I think it's a big thing for the Aston Villa women moving forward. You're starting to solidify um, some of these players to actually have a contract. And like, again, you said, Perslow, Christian Perslow, the CEO of Aston Villa said that this is something they wanted to do moving forward and it was one Aston Villa so if it's one Aston Villa it's really really starting to seem like it that they care with giving contracts to players such as Azmita Ali who's proven that she's able to do you know the business she's able to actually you know have have a mental capacity to play the game at a high level so I think it's a beautiful thing all around I have no qualms about it whatsoever I think it's so so positive for this this team and this spine to keep moving forward. Yeah, and she's joining a long, long list of current and former players who've progressed through the development centre at Aston Villa Women, including Emma Follis, who obviously scored today's winner. Um, and we spoke to Emma probably about a month or two ago now, and she's been impressed with Azmita this season. You know, when she spoke to us, she said that Azmita's a pleasure to play with. She's a top-quality footballer. And she went on to say that she's really attack-minded and direct, which is what you want your fullbacks to be. She's super fit, can get forward and back when needed, and she's got a big future ahead of her. Um, and I think I think to, to, to close this podcast, it, it's such a great feeling that, you know, the club trusts in the vision of Gemma Davies and that we can trust the club to you know continue in a way that you know the the fans are happy to see you know we've we've had it in the past where former Villa women players have have left the club because you know that they the club wasn't weren't really taking things seriously or 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 at least the the hierarchy at Aston Villa weren't taking the women's side seriously. And, you know, it, it it just means a lot to see that, you know, Villa women can can actually become this force. It, it does mean a lot because it seems under previous management or pre- previous ownership, rather, it seems like maybe the Villa women or even you can even wrangle that into the male under 23 and under 18 sides. It seemed like it was almost just like an afterthought, like it wasn't really that important. It didn't have a with- withstanding interest within the ownership. And now you're seeing the complete opposite. Things have turned a complete 180 degrees. Um you know, when, when I started supporting Aston Villa, you know, many, many moons ago, I was taught that it's supposed to be one Aston Villa and you're, you're supposed to care about everything about Villa. You're not, not just supposed to like pick and choose. Now that's not for everybody. And I get it. There's only so many hours in the day to give your attention to something, but it is so, so meaningful to me personally. And so many other people that I talk to on Twitter and through social media about the fact that the women's team is not only starting to really be good and entertaining to watch, but also the players are being taken care of a lot better. And I, I know that that comes from Gemma Davies first, Gemma Davies first and foremost, and then it may trickle down even more than that from Christian Perslow. So when you start giving these players that have stuck with the club um, a little bit of financial backing, and you're offering them a contract, so you know they're comfortable within their own lives of being a professional footballer, it's just for me personally, it's really heartwarming to see, and it's something that I think is, is long overdue. Um, you know, I'm not saying that you need to hand out a contract to you know anybody who turns up for a trial date or anything like that, but if you earn your keep and you're wearing that badge with pride, and you're doing 
doing the right things and you're, you know, you're going to the training, you're eating right, you're fit, you know, you're able to do everything that comes with being a professional footballer. I think that's such a positive and I think that's exactly what Aston Villa needs and it, not just the men's game but all the way through from the men to the 18s to the 23s to the women, any which way you want to slice it up. I think it's just a wonderful thing and, and I hope it continues for a very long time. And I think that's the perfect place to end this week's podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please give us a a like, a review, a comment on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at Villa Lamp. You can follow us on Facebook under a gaslit lamp, on Instagram under the same name. Um, And you can find all of our Aston Villa women content on underagaslitlamp.com. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you again soon.